Welcome in to the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University of KOR. Kutztown, our first show of the semester, week four in. Yes, Josh, it's been, it, a- it's, been it's been a while. Um, so, it, it, better late than never. Let's let's just say that. So, yeah, we had to change our time. We last semester we were Mondays, four to five, right? I don't even remember. That yeah, was four, so long ago. <laughs> so yeah. we had to find a new time slot. So this semester we're going to be Fridays 1 to 2. Fridays 1 to 2. So if this is your first time tuning in, this is the Bears Beat. This is where we talk about everything Golden Bears athletics. My name is Josh Toot. And I'm James Munster. And a fun fact about the both of us, we both graduated from the same high school. And now we go to the same college. Imagine that. Very, yep. And we bowled on a youth league where we were league champions. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Wait, 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 what? Say that again. What league? It, I don't remember the league name, but at Strike Zone Alley. Is that that was my brother. No, I think you were on the team as well, weren't you? No. <laughs> oh, that was just your Calvin. B- just Calvin. Okay. Yeah, but that's those were the good old days there. But this is where we talk about Golden Bear Athletics. Um, James, I don't think I've gotten a chance to ask you how you've been doing, um, so I'll take the, yeah. this minute to do that. How, how are you doing? What have you been up to? I'm doing well. This is my f- first semester doing six classes. Oh, six classes this semester, but you know, it's going well. Um, had my first exam on Thursday, did pretty well. And I got like four exams next week. So we'll be studying Ooh. this weekend, but you know, Ouch. It, it'll be good. I mean, honestly, whatever it takes, man, you know, I've, I've done six classes. It's definitely a struggle. Um, so since you didn't ask, um, I'm I'm doing fine myself. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, Josh? Thank you for asking. Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, Pro seven this semester, so getting ready to student teach in a year. So building up to that. So it's getting a little busy. That's why uh, my schedule isn't pretty wide open. But hey, the good thing is next next semester, the next two semesters, it'll be wide open. So that's a good thing we can look to. But I mean, right now I'm trying to keep up as best as I can. You know, struggling a little bit, but Let's talk about a couple teams that are struggling themselves. Um, I mean, you know, we got to focus on the positives, but there's not a lot of them. Not, not many. Um, so I just got to point this out. Okay. We went from, I think the fall semester could go down as one of the greatest uh, semesters in Kutztown sports history. You have football making the final four for football, um, field hockey winning the first ever national championship. Our, our women's soccer team had uh, a record-breaking year. And literally everything was going perfectly. But now for our winter sports here at Kutztown, our men's basketball team is currently 3-21. and Do you have any thoughts on how our season has gone so far? So one of the things I want to point out is the men's basketball roster is pretty inaccurate, I would say, um, with guys that are active. Um, so... Brent Ricketts Jr. is still active. Jalen Bryant's out for the year. Um, a, I believe a torn ACL. Cam Roberts is still playing. Jay McGee still playing. Brent Boyle, uh, Ryan Glassmacher, Yamira Satterfield is um, still playing. Juju Pagan. Kareem Diaz, we haven't seen him yet. Will Meeker is still playing. Amir Cunningham, Tyler Koenig. Charlie Bell, um, Mikai Schillingford, and Connor Murphy all are not playing. So the roster right now is down to about nine guys. Not active. Um, that's not recipe for success right there. When you're looking at the picture and there's 14 guys uh, on the team picture. I mean, you're down to nine, so you lose five. That's not recipe for success. But th- the problem that every year they're experiencing is there's a lot of guys that are hit- hitting the transfer portal. A lot of guys are moving around. So... It's tough to build a dynasty when you have a new group of guys coming in every year. I mean, you ha- you're keeping the same guys in Bryant, Roberts, uh, Boyle, Glassmacker, um, and Meeker, yeah. but you're bringing in new guys such as um, Tyler Koning. He's a freshman, so hopefully he'll stay for a little bit. Mir Cunningham, um, Juju Pagan, um, coming off an amazing senior year at uh, Pocono Mountain West, um, one of the best players in um, the upper half of the District 11 region in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, Ymir Satterfield, um, a state champion um, through Imatap Charter, um, or otherwise known as... Do you know what their nickname is by any chance? It's going to sound really odd. What was the school again? Imatap Charter. No idea. It's very simple. The TEP. 
that's gotcha. that's what that's what they call themselves there. Um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Glassbacker returns. Brendan Boyle returns. Jane McGee, he's a freshman himself. Um, Brent Ricks Jr. is a is a freshman himself. So it's a young team with it a, is with indeed. a cu- with a couple returners here and there. So it, you know it's it's not recipe for success. And we talked about they're struggling themselves. I mean, you already mentioned they're they're three and twenty one on the season. Um, honestly, a miracle wouldn't even do it to make the playoffs at this point. I don't think. They they were not looking at the playoffs since the first week of the season, or maybe probably since Jalen Bryant went down. Yeah, that was definitely where everything started to snowball. Because let's be real, I was really excited to watch Jalen Bryant really take over the leadership of this team. Because coming in as a freshman last year was he was a sophomore uh, when I watched him last season, and he was just you could tell one of the leaders of the team already as a young player. But now becoming an upperclassman this season, and like you said, we have a really young team this year. I really wanted to see what he could do as a leader on this team, take these young bucks under his uh, wing, and like lead them to success. I mean, we thought Kutztown would have at least a decent season because we do have some good playmakers on this team, such as Jalen Bryant. But ever since he got injured, there hasn't really been that leader or veteran on the court. I went to one game this season so far in person, and the whole entire starting five is freshmen. Now, we have a very talented group of freshmen, which hopefully they stay with Kutztown, like you said. A lot of Young players, when they come to Kutztown, tend to leave, and it's really hard to build a dynasty around the, those guys. But guys like Amir, guys like Jalen McGahee, they're playing very well right now, and I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds. But it's tough this season as a group of freshmen coming in that there's no veteran on the floor like Jalen Bryant to really lead them and develop them as players. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely think that, you know, they're – it's tough. Um, I mean, the transition from high school high school to um, the college game is um, really tough. Do you mind taking the binder? Yeah. Uh, James Munster is starting to prepare to read our KUR notebook, um, but let me finish this point real quick. If you don't mind, Mr. Munster. Um, just, I mean, the problem is, you know, you can have a great high school season your senior year and play a great four years, but the transition from high school to college is, is extremely tough. And some people take that better than others. Um, and I'm not saying they're taking it bad. They're, I, I think they're actually taking it really well. Um, they're, they're, um, Juju is taking the transition, I know, really well. Um, he's averaging right around over 10 points a game. Um, we'll look at the statistics, see where those guys um, are at. Um, but, James, do we have a KUR notebook ready to read? Yes. We do. From the KUR notebook. Want to join a fun campus club? Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes await. Email KUR at kutztown.edu. That's KUR at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Excellent. If you're just tuning in, you're about 11 minutes late, but... Better late than never. My name is Josh Chute. I'm James Monster. You're listening to The Bears to be right here on KUR, the radio voice of Kutztown University. So, looking at the statistics itself, there have been 12 guys playing this entire season. Um, Jalen Bryant only played in six games. Um, Schilling Ford played in seven, so they're pretty much done. Uh, Will Meeker um, is pretty active, um, but he's only played in about 17 games. Um, everyone else, and Yamir Satterfield played in 17 games. So um, the problem is uh, Meeker did miss some time due to injury himself. It's just the injury bug. I mean, it, it's a problem. Um, and I feel like every team faces that problem, but just Kutztown can't, can't seem to find an answer. So let's look at some team statistics here. And this is really not good. So, as a team, they're shooting from the field 43%. From the arc, they're shooting 30%. From the free throw line, they're shooting 72%. That's not bad. That's not good. So, one of the things we need to consider is, you know, how, how do we step, how, how do they step up the, the shooting? I mean, it's, it's not good at all. I mean, 
you can't expect to shoot 43% from the field and 30% from the arc and expect to win games. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I I definitely think it comes it comes down to decision making when it comes to uh, shooting. Uh, the game I was at, I remember the there was just a very lack of uh, big like big uh, players down low, like our centers, our power forwards, the guys that should be down low working in the paint, getting up those easy shots like in the post. But a lot of the shots that Kutztown tends to make by our young playmakers are just throwing up random three-pointers or um, uh, contained mid-range jump shots that are just very low probability of going in. And I think um, it all starts with we don't have a very dominant center on Kutztown. It's a lot of young players that are guards, small forwards, and they're just running up the court and just chucking up random shots that are very not high probability of going in. I definitely do agree. I like honestly, uh, the shots they do take are very contested. Yeah, I when you say that. when you look at um our best players like Amir, J- they're all young guards, correct? And yeah, when yeah, you think absolutely. of our when you think of our best big big guys like our centers, they're they're not the most talented, and that's why I think. Kutztown has you need to have a big guy in the paint to draw attention to to get those high probability shots up outside but you also need to have those shots down low where you can make those easy layups and easy shots in the post but they literally have no options down low at all and I think you could probably notice that as well yeah I mean looking at their roster I mean six are freshmen five all five freshmen are starting yeah, um, and then you have Brian, who's obviously out. He's he's a junior. Hopefully, he'll get some redshirt um, eligibility back. Um, so maybe he'll come back for the grad that small grad year, uh, kind of like what Mo Williams did, where we've seen him like play half the year. Mm-hmm. Were you were you here when he played? I don't remember him. I remember Robert Tucker. Was he a grad student? Robert Tucker was a senior, I think. Okay. I, I I can't remember. Um, yeah, Roberts is a redshirt sophomore, so he's technically academic-wise a junior, but eligibility-wise a sophomore. You have Brendan Boyle, who's a true sophomore. Ryan, who's a true sophomore. Um, Willmaker, who's a true sophomore. And that's that's really it. Um, it's a young team. Um, it's, I mean, to be honest, the team itself, the experience they have at the college game is very limited. At least for the sophomores, at least two years, um, which isn't much. The freshmen, this is this is it. I mean, they it's just this year they have for experience. So, I mean, I I, I keep trying to remind myself the only place that they can go is up, but it's really tough to watch because you could tell it's the the skills are there. Um, watching them play, the skills are there. It's just. Like like you said, I think you bring up a good point. You know, they don't have much um, power down low in, in the paint to get those low post shots. But I think the problem we need to talk about is it's just everyone is so young. Um, and yeah. I, I mean, eventually, if they if everyone stays in the next two to three years, they'll obviously grow as players. But and I mean, here's here's my problem. You know, we talked about the power in the paint. I mean, Koenig's six nine. Cunningham is six six. Meeker is six five. Juju is six three. Yamir is six three. Ryan Glassmacker is six six. Brendan Boyle, he's he's five eleven, but he he's probably close. He's probably closer to the six foot than five eleven. McGee is six five. Roberts is six three. Brent Ricketts Jr. is six three. They're not. They're not. The the height's there, and, and I the, mean they're. They're decently sized. To be a good center in collegiate basketball and even in professional, you have to be not just tall. You have to be very athletically gifted. And I believe even the taller players on the team, like Jaden McGay, he's 6'5". He's a really good guard. We don't have a tall, um, big guy down low. I think Ryan Glassmacher, he's a he's a big guy. I would say, I'd say Koning. I'd throw his name in that hat. I mean, he's six yeah. nine, and he's listed as a as a forward or a center. But you know, with the way Driscoll's offense is set up, they really don't have a true center. It's really just um, 
They run f- about a five-guard offense. That's what I don't like about it. If you're putting five yeah. guards on the floor, there's no person down low to really dominate the paint, and you're just asking all these guards to just make plays on their own, and that's where all these low-probability mid-range or threes just come up because I've watched them. They just pass the ball around the the three-point line hoping for an open shot. Well, do you ever see how their, pl- how their play offense is, is run normally? So what they'll do is they'll start five guys outside, then they're going to send one guy down low into the paint and try to get that quick feed layup. And if that doesn't work, he'll probably, you know, it's a, it's a quick motion play. That's, it's, the the best way I can describe it is, and this is bringing up high school basketball. Do you, do you remember Fran Murphy's offense where he would, it's what it's called, it's called a motion offense where everyone is just moving to try to get the zone defense or man-to-man defense off, off their heels, really. It's just the quick drive inside and then you basically go back outside. Quick drive inside, you go back outside. There's not. It's not really a, a two. It's not really a, a standard two three offense that works, where you keep two guys. Um, you got you keep one inside the paint, one at the, one at each of the corners, and then one at each of the elbows. It's not a two three offense. It's mainly a. It's almost. I mean, it's basically a five man arc offense. Really, that's what I consider it. Yeah. But well, you just drive, 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 and it, it's just not working. That's the problem. It's not working. You need that guy. We have very talented guards on the team, and that's probably why Driscoll is just throwing them all out there and asking them to do whatever they can. But you still need someone down low in the paint to really make those plays and open up those, open up more opportunities on the outside to get shots up. And I think we, me and you have talked about this in the past. Is it time for Driscoll t- to maybe hang it up? as a coach or do you think he could still draw success from these young guys in the next few years or do you think they just need to to throw this throw this whole year away send him home and start fresh with a new coach next year well all i can say is this we've had multiple conversations and it's pretty clear what might happen and we'll talk about that on the other side of this break you're listening to the bears beat right here on the radio voice of kutstein university k war stay with us Welcome back to the Bears Beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. I'm Josh Toop. And I'm James Munster. So, Kutztown basketball has experienced their struggles. Not just this year, but in the past couple of years. Yeah, it's been a it's, real struggle. It's not good. But, you know, we now, we got to look at the positives. We mentioned how they have a young few guys. Their whole starting lineup is freshmen, so there's there's potential for the next couple years to really get these young talented guys going to build a good future but before the break we were talking about head coach Driscoll and um, I think to start off a great team you need to have a great coach and a great leader and in the past he just has not had great success and this year really might be the cherry on top as the Golden Bears are currently 3-21 and And before the break we were going to mention what we might think Kutztown can do with the coaching situation what what might be the future there, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on what we should do. So, I mean, you know, since I've been coming here um, to Kutztown, um, started in 2021, um, combined to this date, he has 23 wins in three seasons. Um, that That is not good. It's it's not. Um, is that zero playoff appearances as that well? That is zero playoff appearances, yeah. The last time they made a playoff appearance, uh, maybe 2019. No, tw- not wasn't 2019. Um, it it even in 2019 they were 11 and 17. Um, it's it. Here's the problem. Everyone, when you have when you're not having a successful program, everyone is going to be quickly. Everyone's gonna easily put the blame on the on the head coach. I mean, that's just any any sport. If you're not being successful, you're obviously gonna put the blame on the head coach. Um, and the here's what I think the problem is. I think it has something to do with just how because so if you're in the transfer portal and you see Kutztown come up and you see how much success they've had, you're not gonna come play there. So I think the problem might be that's just it might have something to do with recruiting and getting players to stay. It's the retention and recruitment, right? 
And that still has to do with the coach. I mean, the coach should be the one that keeps the players around. If you go and play for a team and your team may be struggling, but you love the coach so much you would do anything to put your blood, sweat, and tears out there on the court, and I you would stay to go through these hardships to one day become a great team. And I just don't feel like these players are getting attached to Driscoll like they should be. And they go through these hardships like they've been Kutztown's been struggling the past few years and they all transfer like um the one guy I forget his name he went to Shippensburg and he was one of our great players last year and I was really sad to see him go it's I just think our program as a whole may, might just need to strip down and restart from coach to everything keep these young guys around our freshmen are phenomenal let them build up but we need I think we just need to restart honestly and I mean, sometimes a fresh start does a lot of good. Um, I I really do think <clears throat> it, it does do a lot of good. Um, it's just the last year's team. Looking at looking at them, they were such a solid roster. I mean, look. Uh, yeah. I, they, I mean, I mean, looking at this picture, I mean, it brings back a lot of good memories. When Kutztown basketball used to be actually fun to watch. I mean, it, I mean, it is still fun to watch. It's I fun like, to watch, but. Winning is fun as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt about it, but... Um, I'll bring something up. All right. We talk about Driscoll and how he hasn't been able to put it together winning season. How many seasons have been here? Three, you said? I, I Like, how many years have I been here? How many seasons has he coached Kutztown? Oh, has he coached? A good bit. And uh, it's... it's pro- 23rd. He. This is his twenty three. Twenty three seasons and twenty three seasons. He has a three. Driscoll holds a three fifty four two seventy one overall record. So, it's just it's a winning record. But it, the, it, it and his resume speaks for itself. A four time PSAC East Coach of the Year two thousand three two thousand nine twenty fifteen twenty sixteen, and six PSAC East titles oh eight oh nine ten twelve sixteen seventeen. Yeah, it's just we need the. Tr- he and I think he's trying everything that he can to try to get back to the winning ways that he because he knows how he knows how to do it. I mean, the resume speaks for itself. The thing is, a lot of those dates of winning have come in the past, and some things changed. Like you have to adapt to the ways of basketball nowadays. The game changes, the way you need to perform plays changes, and good coaches adapt. And you could sell, tell the way he coached was very successful back in the day. The way the game is now, maybe he's just not adapting to it. <clears throat> but I, I think something I want to add on, as you were talking earlier, is how Driscoll has struggled these past few seasons. And so, you say the blame so, always goes to the head coach. That I think that is 100%. And we were talking about last year's team, and they had so many great players. Kyrie Jenner, Robert Tucker. But a, all lot, these, of the, a lot of those guys graduated, though. That's true. You had a lot of really talented veterans and you couldn't even make a playoff appearance appearance there's one thing of taking a team that isn't talented and they don't do well because that you can't put all that on the coach but to take a very talented team and not have any success with them is another and I think that's on the coach and you take a look at last year's team as you were saying it brings back a lot of good memories of how good we could have possibly been and to not even make the PSAC playoffs let I don't even know if we had a winning season it, it's just tough. You got to put. You kind of have the, to look at Driscoll on that one. The last time we had a, a, a winning season, I mean, we were pretty close in in overall. The last time we were genuinely close was in was actually last year th- um, with a three ninety three winning percentage. But the last time we were actually successful was 2018-2019. They made it to the PSAC quarterfinals. But I mean, just I just want to read off a couple numbers here. So j- j- just give me a second. So when he came to Kutztown, he had a record. His first season, he had a record of five and twenty-one. That's his first season here. So obviously, he's coming into a program with a lot of work on his hands. Fast forward to two seasons later, two thousand two to two thousand three, eighteen and ten record. That's good for a winning percentage of sixty-four percent. They made it to the PSAC quarterfinals. Another year later, PSAC runner-up, eighteen and eleven record. And for looking at this, so right about from the year 2002 to 2003 to about 2011 to 2012, they were at their prime. Even in the year 08-09, they made it to the regional final. 09-010, they made it to NCAA regional first 
first round. Then they kind of fell off the mark right in 2012-2013. Then they got back with a 10-17 overall record. They were 500 in conference play. That was good. They made it to the first round and got knocked out. Then 2014 to 2015 to about 2018 to 2019. They 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 were in their prime once again. So here's my question to you. Looking at the history, do you think that maybe next year might be the year that he makes it back? Because it, I'm just looking at the history and it and it almost makes sense because right in that gap, right in this gap right here, they had a a great almost 10 years, then they had a great five years. They're almost due to make it back. I, so do you keep them around for... I, I personally think that one more shot. One more shot. This year, this every, year everyone's young. It's kind of a throwaway year. Of course, you were kind of depending on Jalen Bryant on beating that main... Jalen Bryant being that main guy like we talked about. And with him going down with the season-ending injury, it's kind of like a throwaway season. You can't predict on things like that. So I could see what you're saying. This is kind of a throwaway. Give him one more shot next season and see what happens. But I don't know. You talked about it. His prime could have been years ago. Maybe we bring in a younger coach and start from the bottom. Obviously, this is all of Kutztown to decide, and we'll support them through whatever decision they decide to make. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just – it's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it – I, I I personally like him. I like Bernie a lot. I think he's an extremely humble humble guy. I think that you know, he he has helped me a lot, so that's why I think I might have some bias towards him, a good bias towards him. And you know, he's been coaching for 23 years, so after after a while, you, you have to say to yourself, look, I look, I I've done I've done a lot as a coach. Maybe it's, you know, you know, I I don't know. I, I I don't know. I it's a program that needs a lot, but I think eventually eventually I think they'll be okay. It's just it's tough right now. It really is. But once they find that mark, they'll be okay. But I think thirty minutes for men's basketball discussion. We had a lot of great points to make um it's yeah. obviously going to be a continuing discussion with about four weeks left in the season yeah let's see if they could string string a couple wins together they, yeah i mean they've had a history of doing that uh, there's no doubt about it i mean so you never know we'll celebrate the few wins we might gain but in the meantime let's take a look at women's basketball the other turn, side turn in turn in the script and they're doing better better than the men's um at a 500 overall 10 and 8 in conference play well, let me tell you, they are experiencing the same problem, if not worse, than the men's. Now, here's twelve why. and twelve, though. You know, it, even split. No, no, not even in the sense of winning. In the sense of a very limited roster. So, let's, oh, do they have the injury? Let's bug? take a look at that. And it was slowly declining. I wasn't worried. Now they're down to about seven players. Seven. You, you heard you heard that correctly. Seven. So, Shannon Romaldi is still active. Layla Hurley is still active. Romaldi's out. Um, I can't remember the injury. I'm not a doctor, obviously. So, not you know, you know how that goes. Um, Alicia Undercoffler, excuse me, is in. Our Curry, yes. Gersh, yes. Pearson, yes. Naya, no. Zerman, yes. Hearn, no. Smellis, yes. So I correct myself. E. E. Okay, so in a woman active roster. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm worried. I am extremely worried because they're a good team. Just the numbers aren't there. It, I'm taking a look at their schedule, Josh, and I okay. don't know if you've taken notes to this. They are very off and on as a team. They went on a very great stretch near the end of January, winning five straight games, and ever since February has started, now they're on a three-game losing streak. 
So it's to me. Well, it, uh, I'll tell you why that is as well. Um, but and, and there's a reason. And they're not losing by a lot. I mean, the Lockhaven game, they lost by 10 to the number 22-ranked team in the country. I mean, we know how that goes. You know, Kutztown was ranked in football four. I mean, you know, but Kutztown women's are hanging with some of these tough teams. Shippensburg's tough. They lost by nine. Westchester, they're tough as well. They lost by seven. So they're hanging with these teams. Just can't pull it off. And I think the problem is it's just that limited bench. You know, when you let, let's let's be honest with ourselves, James. If you're if you're asking eight players to play a 40-minute game all out, eventually you're going to get tired. You can condition all you want. You can. That you can you can run and run and run all you want. But after a while you're going to get tired when you play maybe two games a week. And you practice every other uh, every other day. You know you don't get a day off. I mean, so it's I just I I don't know. Um, normally, normally I have an answer for a lot of things, or I at least try to. This one is the exception because I genuinely don't know. So I have a question for you, Josh. Okay, yeah. Going to this. Let's go back to men's basketball. Okay. I think before the season started, we knew a lot of our. Let's pump the brakes here. Is that, that's what you're asking no, me. No, that's it's, what you're it's ad- related to women's okay. basketball. All right, all right. So, men's basketball. We coming into the season, we knew a lot of our great players, Robert Tucker, Kyra Jen, a lot of our good veteran players were leaving, um, and we didn't really have the highest of hopes for this season. But we we still thought there could be potential for a great season with Jalen Bryant returning, a lot of talented young guys coming back. Obviously, um. Very, um, our expect- expectations weren't very <laughs> great there. But for women's basketball, what were our expectations? They were coming into this season. They're currently twelve and twelve. Is this what we kind of expected from them? Are they underperforming, overperforming? Like, what's what? What are we feeling here? I I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. They only brought two new players in. I mean, Pearson came off of an injury, so she's here for a grad year. Um, this is it. Um, Gersh is is a freshman. Um. Alicia is a senior, but here was the interesting thing I, I found out about Alicia because, so, she's new to the basketball team, but not new to the athletics. Um, scene. I guess that's the correct wording because she used to run track and field here. Oh, and she might still run track and field. I'm not really sure. Um, I I really don't pay much attention to track and field. Um, so. M- Maybe I really don't know. Yeah, she. So she's she's a dual sport athlete. She's running track as oh, well. Wow, I didn't that know is that. that is very rare. I I don't I don't think I've ever seen that. Um. Oh no, that's the roster from last year. So maybe she's still running track. I don't know. If you're a dual sport athlete in college, honestly, hats off to you because I don't think there's many. I can't even name one that has done that that I've that I've known of. Can you? I. In any level, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, you could think in the pros like Deion Sanders, Deion's, and stuff. Deion's. But like, we're talking Kutztown, Deion, like D2. Bo Jackson. Yeah, she might be the only dual sport athlete on campus in, currently. In, in, oh yeah, definitely currently. Um, it, honestly, in in a while, I don't think of. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. Um, but anyway, you know, two new players in Gersh and Under Koffler. Um, you returned everyone. But the problem is you graduated a lot of key players. And this year, you're going to graduate even more, unfortunately. So let's let's take a look at this. Let's take a really deep dive. So Ramaldi's, Ramaldi, um, I'd be shocked if she came back. She might have a half a year of eligibility if she redshirted a little bit. Alicia's done after this year. She has no eligibility, I assume. Cindy Pearson's done. Zara Zerman is done. Abby Hearn might come back for a grad year. She might have a half year of eligibility. So let's say those guys that have a half year of eligibility actually leave. You're going to graduate. Two, three, four, five players of your very limited roster. Five of six. You're going to graduate five five of eleven. Excuse me, five of eleven. So the and and to do you even one more <laughs> solid, um, 
you're going to graduate too the following year in my graduating class. So in the next two years, you're, lo- you're losing 7 of 11. Yeah, that's tough. You're going to have to recruit very well. And um, correct me if I'm I'll, wrong, I'll, our I'll, current I'll, head coach is that one player who did really good for no, us. No, she, she um, is now coaching at Arcadia. I caught up with um, oh wow, Coach Maloof and Coach Hallman, and uh, she is now coaching down at Arcadia. Okay, um, so who's our current women's basketball coach? Well, it's coach? still Coach Maloof. Um, she returned, Coach Hallman. So it's those – It's. I like to call them the dynamic duo because they're they're great. I I like them a lot. I think yeah. they're great coaches. They know what they're talking about. Just don't have the numbers. Um, we'll truly see how great they are with recruiting and everything. As that'll be very important this off season and next off season is off season as well. And it was pretty it was pretty silent. I would say um, this past off season with just bringing in one new face um, from from high school, um, bringing in under Kyle as well, but. James, I hate to take a quick um, pause to our conversation, but unfortunately, we have to. So, coming up, we're going to continue our women's basketball discussion, and we're going to talk about my favorite sport of the entire year. I'll answer that on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Bears Beat right here on the Radio Voice of Continue University KOR. Stay with us. Welcome back to... The Bears beat right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KOR Kutztown. I'm Josh, too. And I'm James Munster. James, we were talking about women's basketball and the the miracles they're going to have to do this offseason to try to get some new faces um, into the organization. And I think these are the coaches to do it. Um, They're great recruiters. Um, You know, it it takes a certain coach to really pull it off really well. Um, And and I think they're they're the guys to do it. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, it, it's going to take a lot. Um, it, it's not going to be easy. Let's be honest. We, we need to be really honest with ourselves. It's not going to be easy. What is it doable? Absolutely. And are they the people to do it? Absolutely. I put all the faith in them 100% all day, every day, Monday through Monday through Sunday, any day of the month, any wow. day of the year. I'll, I put my faith in them. Absolutely. That they'll pull it off. So you think they're going to recruit? some five-star recruits out here to Kutztown, Pennsylvania, or what? I mean, I don't think five-star recruits. What, <laughs> I mean, who do we... Who Do you follow, like, like college? Like, I mean, I don't think they're going to be pulling in the next Caitlin Clark's. But I like, know, but, yeah, speaking of Caitlin Clark, how about that is, record she, she broke? She's so overrated. Don't get me started. Oh, my She is so gosh. overrated. Oh, my God. Overrated. Josh, overrated. Too, overrated. She would drop 50 points on your head. I'm not gonna I don't lie. even care. Well, like... What what is she gonna do? What what is she gonna do next? Go to the WNBA and be the next Kyrie Irving? Well, okay. I think she knows Great. how much of a how much of a basketball graveyard the WNBA has become. I think she'll return for her senior season next year to Iowa just to completely. Or actually, no, this is her senior season. She could probably take um her extra year of eligibility because of COVID and stay next the next year in Iowa, and who knows what she could do from there. But um, I think she'll end up becoming one of the best women's players of all time. See, I don't follow um, NCAA Division One basketball. Um, I I follow um, I, I don't follow women's. I mean, I follow men's a lot. Um, so, um, do you see? Um, getting I have a really bad habit of getting off topic. So, um, no, I, we're talking college no, sports. This is college sports, absolutely. Um, I think did you, did, I think we should bring in D one more often. Once March Madness gets around, we'll throw in some predictions. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, do you see uh, Syracuse beat UNC? I did. Um, I think I think UNC is extremely overrated themselves. Yeah, they're always. I mean, UNC and Duke are really overrated this year. They're um, <laughs> yeah. They're the blue bloods. You know, they're always going to be ranked higher. You know, Duke, UNC, Kansas. Of course, they're powerhouse schools, but they're always going to be ranked a couple ranks higher than they yeah. should technically be. Yeah, because they have that long history. Um, do you remember mm-hmm. when um, UNC came into Duke's home court on Coach K's final game in um, Bancaro? His name is his last Paolo name. Paolo Bancaro. Yeah, and he dropped like twenty points, and he gave the worst retirement gift to Coach K that anyone could do. He he owned he owned Coach K's court that night. I, well, I Paolo Bancaro played for Duke. Did you mean someone else? No, um, no. Armando Baycott. Yes, that's him. Armando Baycott. Yeah, I yes. knew I knew who you meant. You just had the names mixed up. Yeah, and um, R J Davis. Yeah, R J Davis. Yeah, they they played their. Heart. I was watching that game, and I'm like, yeah, this is not gonna end well for. And the final four, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that was, was a tough way. That was Go a. Ahead. Did you see uh, the <clears throat> what Duke got Coach K as a retirement gift though? 
I did not. A dog. Oh. And the dog's name, Coach. Oh. So, yeah, so... Um, I actually wrote to Coach K, and I got a response back. He signed a picture for me, so I have that hanging up in my room. But anyway, getting back onto topic, women's basketball, men's basketball, wrapping up at the end of this month. Um, women's we, basketball, do they could, have an outside chance of making the playoffs? That's what I'm working on right now. But, James, while I'm working on this, any final thoughts on both sides? Um, I mean, we, we kind of did really well with the discussion. Um, better than I expected. I think we did really well, though. Um, yeah, as your point at women's basketball, let's check out the standings, the playoff standings, and see if they could. Kutztown's in. Yeah, hopefully. Kutztown's in. Yeah, hopefully Kutztown stays there. That'll be awesome to watch some playoff basketball. It's been a oh, couple yeah, of years. Oh, since yeah, they secured a playoff spot. Absolutely. Oh, did they already clinch? They did, yeah. Wow, it's going to be awesome to see some playoff basketball for a women's team. And when it comes to the men's team, just try and trickle a couple wins together. You know, yeah, build, build that momentum going yes. to next year. And that'll help with recruiting in the off season, off season as well. You know, anything helps um, to get those add some pointers to re- your recruiting process. But I'm ex- for, but I guess our focus will be on the women's team as they head into playoff basketball. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, James, before we get into our final topic, I want to get want to take some take care of some housekeeping business. Um, do you mind reading a keyword notebook for me? Um, so we so we don't have to interrupt my favorite sport of all time. Um, I would really appreciate it. First of all, James is doing a great job reading the KOR notebooks. Um, um, I, I also have to ask him to on air um, a question. So, all right, here we go. All right, let's hear it from the KOR notebook. Attention, KU community! If you need any extra help with your math courses, the Department of Mathematics offers free walk-in peer tutoring for students in classes from MAT 17 through the calculus sequence. Tutors are available Monday through Thursday and 207 Lytle from 2 to 5 p.m. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. I'm going to get off topic once again. Um, if you're a student here at Kutztown University and you are listening to our show, first of all, thank you very much for tuning in. Second of all, if you are taking a math class and you are um, seeing that it might be tough, make sure to check out the folks in the math tutoring lab out. I took a math class my sophomore year, and I struggled. I'll be completely honest. I struggled. I, I, I don't know math very well. I can I, I mean, I can maybe add the basic numbers, but I can't do, like, algebra and that type of stuff. That, I did that in high school. I'm well past that stage. The folks in the math tutoring lab have helped out tremendously. If you're in a math class and you feel like you could use the extra support, check them on out. It's a free service, and they're very great over there. But... James, um, just two quick questions. How'd your Ravens do this postseason? I am a Ravens fan. I think it went well, except we lost in the AFC Championship. <laughs> you lost. I, okay. <laughs> this is off topic, but yes, they they def- definitely underperformed. I expected them to at least make the Super Bowl. Yeah, that um, was I, I mean tough loss. I mean, are you going to say that Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever play the game? Definitely not. He what? is... What? It's Tom Brady, dude. No way. You you're def- you're a Tom Brady lover. I'm not a lover, but I expect I, I you you like Tom Brady genuinely. Like I'm, I know what greatness is in seven Super Bowls and three MVPs is greatness. Okay, and Pat Mahomes is getting there. <laughs> Just wait. I mean, in the three Super Bowls that he's won, how many times did he get MVP? At least twice. Mahomes has won all three Super Bowl MVPs. Brady has won five out of seven. Okay, so he's getting there. Well, he, it's not just about the Super Bowl MVP. It's it's about all the accolades. Tom Brady leads um, all quarterbacks in career passing touchdowns and passing yards. Those are like the two most important stats, and he has those records broken by a mile. I don't think Mahomes will come close to those unless he um, plays until 45 like Brady did, but we'll see. Plays until 45. <laughs> Yeah, I. The only reason I hate Brady is because of his college choice. Where he, do you do you know where he went? Michigan. Yeah, I hate Michigan. Don't get me started on them. But anyway, James, favorite season coming up, and for I'll, you, I'll, I'll even show you why it's a favorite season. If you look at this small pennant, can you can you see it? I do. The baseball stitches, man. You're I, a baseball I, f- friend, uh, fan for life, I guess. I am a baseball enthusiast. Call me a baseball connoisseur. 
So, Josh, as, as a baseball fan yourself, what are the expectations for our Kutztown baseball team who t- kick off their season tomorrow against Mount Olive tomorrow. down in North Carolina tomorrow? Yeah. So, okay, so looking at last season, 26-19, and 19, um, that, was, that was good for about a, f- a high 500 winning percentage, c- almost touching the 600 winning percentage. They're getting there. They just need to put the icing on the cake. They already baked the cake. It's cooling down. They just need to put the icing on it. That's, I th- a, that's I, a good metaphor right there. It, it, it really is. <laughs> and I think that this is the year to do it. So it, baseball is an, uh, baseball in college is a really odd season because it starts in February and goes until May. I don't, I don't like college baseball that much simply because of the fact. I would like it to go to, like, June, but, like, no one would be here. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, you're right. Um, starting um, down in Mount Olive, North Carolina. Um, for a three-game series, um, doubleheader tomorrow, and then Sunday they finish it off. Then they go to North Carolina. Then they stay down to, in North Carolina for another um, two days. Actually, no, four days. Um, they go to Cary, North Carolina. Um, do you know where the USA training complex is for the national baseball team? Like you know how there's a national baseball team, um, like where Bobby Wood Jr. played before he even got drafted. Um, National baseball team like USA, like like the USA, like they okay. um they they play like other national teams as yeah. well. It's almost not it's not like the World Baseball Classic. It's for like guys that are about ready to get drafted. Okay, yeah, I've um, heard about that. Yeah, the training complex is in North Carolina. Um, I would love to check it out. Um, and they're gonna play down there. The Golden Birds are gonna play down there for four games: two against Clarion, one against um, Goldie Beacom, and then one against Frostburg State. Frostburg State. I mean, they're. Definitely a nationally recognized team. They're very good um, for numerous years. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see how Kutztown is going to do against them. Um, when I are mean, they on the schedule? Um, they are coming up on February 25th um, in North Carolina. <coughs> so the good thing is at least it won't be cold. Um, so I'm excited to see how Kutztown will do um, against against them. 33 and 20 last season. 22 and 8 in conference play. That's Frostburg State. Um, so I'm interested to see how Kutztown will do against them specifically. Clarion, I think they'll handle business. Goldie Peakham handle business. I don't know much about Mount Olive. Then they take on Salem. Don't know much about them. They're from the West Virginia area, um, obviously in the town, Salem. I mean, context clues right there. Um, then they take on Westchester, and then they start conference play. And this is where things get interesting. You knock out a couple of tough opponents in the first couple of weeks. And that is going to be the test of the season. This series right here against Westchester, they're extremely good. But I'll tell you who's even better. Millersville. Millersville really? is really good. Um, Bloomsburg, they'll handle business. Lockhaven, they'll they'll easily handle business. Wilmington, I don't know. Jefferson, I don't know because they're Wilmington and Jefferson, they always go back to back. Shepherd, they're good as well. Mansfield, not they're they're okay. Good sound might handle business. I think I think they'll do okay. Shippensburg might be a struggle. I, I mean, looking at this schedule though, I mean so you're looking at the schedule, right? You're making your predictions, looking through the, the teams I, I they're going to be playing. There's not an easy opponent on this schedule. It's a tough schedule, and this is going to prove a lot about this team this season right here. This is the proving point right here. This is where they prove themselves one way or another. Um, the most important doubleheader I want to look at is the um, May 2nd doubleheader. That's a Thursday, a 10.35 start in the morning, 10.35 in the morning, and a 105 doubleheader. And that is not on Kutztown University campus or East Stroudsburg campus. That is at Coca-Cola Park. Oh. What were you looking back there for at the at the sign? No. Oh, okay. I, I thought I thought I thought it did something and you almost scared me there for a second. I, I but but anyway, um yeah it's at Coca-Cola Park, home of the uh Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Um they're doing a doubleheader there. They um, the Iron Pigs do uh, an initiative called like a they give um like colleges, like experience of playing on a, on you know a minor league field, it's a it's a cool experience. So, um, working on getting some coverage set for that. We're working on coverage of baseball. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Not only of baseball, but also softball. Um, I so, think um, softball is going to have a great year. They're already four zero to start the season. Softball, 
I mean, they have the best coach of all time. Um, I mean, you love all of Kutztown coaches this show, Josh. I mean, I, I, I am a big, I'm a big fan of the coaches here. I, I think they definitely have the <clears throat> right coaches to do it all. Um, but Judy Laws, I mean, let me just read you her resume, and I mean, it's it's impressive. Has had a Laws has had a winning record in 34 of her 36 seasons. Two seasons she didn't have a winning record, and she missed it by only a couple games. That's just that's my point right there. Overall record of 1,000. 95 wins. So she's closing in on the 1100 wins record <coughs> mark, excuse me, 622 ties. She I mean they went 22 and 10 in conference and won a game in both tournaments. That was um last year. Um Laws is a nine-time PSAC East coach of the year, 89, 94, 2000 Y2K. 07, 09, 12, 17, 21, and 22. She's going for three in the last four. PSAC East nine, title nine times. 94, 10, 17, um, 7, 8, 9, 12, 21, and 22. So she's going for three out of the last four for a couple of these. I mean, it's it's impressive. I mean... What I mean, looking at her resume, wh- what else can you say that doesn't cement her as one of the best coaches here? I mean, not obviously. I I mean, I think Coach Clements has a, a slight edge on her, but I would consider them the best two coaches here. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely. For winning championships, she won the PSAC championship in twenty twenty two. Came up just short in twenty twenty three, and I think they could win it all this year as well they had a really good recruiting class as well they i mean she she does a really great job with recruiting i i don't know what she does um but honestly i think a lot of these um a lot of these uh colleges you know surrounding the area need to honestly take some notes from coach loss because she does an amazing job but james that is it for today our first episode of the bears beat our first episode of the semester. Thank you for doing this with me once again. Thank you for being so flexible. I'm sorry, I have the, such a busy schedule, but no Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Fridays once. Th- th- this is a, this is a good time. But thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. You're on the Bears beat.